Just tell us what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Sounds like the beginning of a party. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine podcast video extravagant. I've completely lost my like. I just I do that every show, and I blew it this time. Do, do we need to start it again? Uh, no, we, I'll just try to correct myself. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> to this fine podcast, radio broadcast, and video extravaganza known internationally. Hi, mom. As the world famous smoking and toasting, I was uh, the well Nailed well it. came out fine, but uh, for some reason <laughs> I couldn't say the thing that I've been saying like for two hundred ninety three episodes. So, uh, but welcome to smoking and toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Even mm, if I, those things are good, even if I can't do the intro properly, and uh, we are on show number two hundred and ninety four. Today, our show today will be all about Michigan beers and nine great cigars under seven bucks. That's a good show to have halfway yeah, to 333. Our special guest is Michael Curtis. Michael is from Michigan, as you might have been able to tell from his uh, from his shirt. <laughs> his that is Michigan your alma mater. That's Michigan. right. And if I'm going to do this correctly, I go, fire up chips. Oh, and there so, we go. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, Michigan inside jokes. It's kind of like. What is happening here? It's kind of like I always wonder when people watch King of the Hill. And they're not from Texas. Like how many of the jokes they miss? Right. Because there's so many jokes in that show that are Texas specific. You know. Well, we are our mascot or school is the Chippewas. So okay. we always so, say fire up chips. Fire up chips. And we are known. Oh, how can I delicately? More people spent time watching the game in the parking lots before the kicks or the cops kicked them out. So we <laughs> we might have threw one back or two. Okay. Uh, uh, at my time at the school there. Well, it works for me. It works for me. So welcome, and uh, thank you for coming in. Now, Ian, how do you two guys know each other? Because you're friends, right? He uh, married my sister. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's good. So you inherited him whether you liked him or not. I, I, did. I did. Fortunately, he uh, has pretty good taste in beer, I guess. So. I mean, if he didn't show up, then we'd still be stuck with her. Yeah, I well, <laughs> I, I think being married now, he's con- or he's obligated. Like, he has no choice because, right. you know. He doesn't want to deal with his sister or his mom. Okay. Well, so, yeah. Well, family. That's the, that's the way it always is. Yeah. They're tough with cookies. family. Well, uh, well, welcome to the show. We are thrilled to have you and uh, thrilled to talk about uh, Michigan beers. We've we've always, you know, had a kind of a soft spot for Michigan beers. And of course, from having family in Michigan, has been up there and 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 has explored some of the some of the offerings that the state has. And we've There's you some know breweries up there. We're just... both. Big fans of Bells and, and, and you got nothing and, better to do all winter, I guess, because yeah. it's snowing. So you just you brew really yeah. good beer. Although we do wonder a little bit about you coming to visit Texas in August. Well, it's I, not the you know. Well, I live here now. Uh, that okay. I live in, I came about fourteen years ago. And okay. what's funny about all these breweries? They all popped up after I left. Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, what, what the hell? Like I leave and all the breweries start popping up uh, all over. Let's see. So, how did you procure these uh, Michigan beers? I just last uh, July drove up there mm-hmm. and drove. I uh, had to take a boat across water to get to an island just to get the beer because that's the only spot you can get it is on an island. So I love it. I this love this it. was from my heart well, to this, go the distance. I'm very excited. So you sent us a list of some of these are the beers, some of the brewery, but Great Turtle Brewery. That's 
the one in the island, right? Yeah, that's Mackinac, which is uh, the word Mackinac is like the great turtle. So that's where they got the name from. And this brewery is on the island? It's on the island, but because of the laws, they can't brew it on the island. They actually brew it off site and then they bring they it. bring it to the island. I bring it to the island. And <laughs> it's an island only of horses and bikes. So when they get it off, you got to put it um, on the, the back the of The boats are allowed to go to one spot. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to, you know. Horse and buggy. Horse and buggy. You can't write with a fountain pen either. You have to use a stone and chisel. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Okay, that might be going a little far. Yeah, I I get it. I get it. Well, uh, so the big AFT double IPA, is that from Mackinac or is that Yeah, well, it's... the brewery came out was starting in 2020, mm-hmm. and one of the things about Mackinac Island is like rich of traditions and different things. They have the sailboat races that come up there from both Port Huron side mm-hmm. and Chicago. So the big AFT, if you see, uh, we don't have the picture when we get Mr. Twirly gig up there and show it. It's a turtle resting on a sailboat. Okay, well, so it's a special one uh, right. for that. Look forward to that. And then Rusty Fender Red Ale is that also from uh, Great Turtle? It is, and being that there's only bikes on the island, uh, that's kind of going to the Rusty Fender yeah, yeah. kind of deal. Now, we are familiar with New Holland. We've got the Dragon's Milk Solera uh, and the, I don't even know uh, how to how to pronounce, Kunanen Brewing? I think it's just Kunan. Kunan Brewing? Because yeah. uh, K-U-H-N is Kuhn, and then it's Hen, H-E-N, Kuhn and Hen. so Kunan. All right. Kuhn uh, well, and that's uh, the uh, Double Rice IPA. Yeah, and that one I got to give credit to uh, his cousin, Mark. He's the one that gets those ones, and um, he and Mark have the same spirit, the same everything. And when you we look at the bottom, pretty, well, yeah. pretty yeah. well when we're kids. And when we get to them and you see the APV and you're like, yes, those two oh, okay. are okay. in line. All right, perfect. <laughs> well, this all sounds great. And then we've got some uh, Glenfiddich pure malt whiskey to taste that Ian brought along today. So thank you for that. I, I came in empty-handed today. I'm feeling, you know, feeling very light. light on my feet. Yes, it's, uh, <laughs> light and free. it's a very interesting thing. Well, I'd like to, before we go any further, I'd like to pause and pat ourselves on the back and congratulate us here at Smoking and Toasting. Because what I can tell you, and this is absolutely true, Smoking and Toasting is in the top 4% of all podcasts. Top 4%. I'm not even sure what that means. Well, I can tell you. Apparently, according to a new uh, study that was just released... Only 4% of all podcasts are still active and produced a show last week. Well, we are active. We produced a show last week. Interesting. We are now in the top 4%. (laughs) Yay, us. (laughs) Yeah. Aren't we cool? (laughs) I I thought that was interesting. But we've talked about pod fading before and how, you know, so many people start podcasts and then they're not able to to keep them going. It is a lot of work. The reason, and and I think... This was the genius of this particular show, if you don't mind me putting it in these terms. No, you go ahead. Uh, ahead. The way that I think we've been able to keep on keeping on is because it is a lot of work to do the show. It is. But it also includes drinking. Yes. And sometimes smoking. And these are incentives, I think, that make make it easier to come back each week. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, well, if you consider this as as a job... Um, you know, a lot of people for their job, they, they go, they go and work all day and then they come home and have a beer and a cigar if they, if they buy them cigars. Right. And we just do that for our job. Right. <laughs> Which is a pretty cool thing. Which makes our job a little easier to deal with, yeah. even if it's a lot of work. Pretty, pretty. Ex- except for uh, Keegan. Absolutely. He, he has to do all the work. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, uh, speaking of Keegan, who is, uh, on the board today, uh, engineering the show, I also want to recognize 
that this week, today, in fact, the day the show drops, is our producer in the cloud, Adam's birthday. Oh. And between Adam and Keegan, they make the show happen every week. And uh, so we officially want to dub this the Adam's birthday show. Producer Adam. So happy, happy birthday, birthday Adam. Adam. And I promised that we would sing. You ready? Yep. Ready? Three. You, you want to give two, me a chord? One. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Adam. Producer in the cloud. Happy birthday to you. Now, see, Adam, we like you that much that we were willing to drive away the entire audience of the podcast. <laughs> Early on, we have only you are left uh, listening. That happy now. birthday needs to be its own video. Yeah, it probably does. <laughs> it probably does. And I'm sure Adam will come up with it. <laughs> I, I would not be surprised. So uh, anyway, uh, top 4% of podcasts, happy birthday, Adam. That's and a good day. As if, as if all of that wasn't enough, uh, we will have drinking news on the program again today. As we like to do, and we have to now because it's become something that people actually wait for. Some people don't even tune in till late in the show just to just to catch drinking news, is what I've been told. Our drinking news teaser headline for today: Florida is very, very strange. So there's your teaser headline. We'll get to that coming up. So, also, I, I just I just want to point out that as we were sitting outside last night having a cigar. We're talking about drinking news, and we mm -hmm. thought that the 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 uh, obvious follow up to drinking news or offshoot it doesn't have to be after any drinking news or offshoot will be drunken news. Drunken news, right? Yes. I like that. That'd That's be the spinoff. Yes, that's the spinoff. I like it. Drunken news. My solo project. <laughs> so watch out, Adam. Uh, uh, Alan Denny's going to steal that for a show. You know he Drunken is. news. He's totally going to run off with that one. <laughs> well, welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. I think we have a lot of cool things to talk about. Uh, there's a new, you might find this interesting, Ian. You can now spend the night in a Paps Blue Ribbon hotel room, completely themed as an 80s Paps Blue Rhythm uh -oh. vibe. Does it leave a bitter taste in your it mouth? Does, and it does. It does. You yeah. spent more money. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> exactly what it does. Uh, also, no, no, by, by design, those Paps Blue Ribbon cans are pretty darn cool. Yeah, yeah. And that blue ribbon, I think, was earned sometime in the 1800s. Also, speaking of bitter taste, Miller High Life has announced that they are now making, and none of this makes sense to me, but here's what it is: Miller High Life is now making an ice cream. That tastes like a dive bar. First of all, who would want that? What oh, does that mean? I love dive bars, but I don't want to taste them. Oh, no. <laughs> That's just nasty. Like, ew. So, uh, so we'll get to that. And uh, and a lot of other cool things, some cigars to watch for, and plenty of beer drinking. How many beers do we have in all for today's Four. show? Four. Four beers for today's show and some uh, whiskey. So this is going to uh, this is gonna go well, I have a feeling. <laughs> so, um, so anyway, uh, very cool to have you uh, on the show, Michael. We appreciate it. He also brought me a little care package of some Hawaiian rum, yes. actually from Hawaii, yes. right? Well, I mean, in Kauai is the wettest place on the planet of rain. Right. Well, what does it take to make rum? 
sugarcane, yep. and water. And water, yes. They have two things they have yeah, plenty yeah, of. That totally, that totally works. <laughs> well, being a big fan of rum, I can't, I can't wait to taste that. So, uh, so thank you very much, and uh, it is very much appreciated. So, um, so I guess, Ian, this brings us to the point of the show, where I love to ask you if you've had the opportunity this week to smoke anything interesting. I don't have a point, but here's the best blunt end I can come up with. Okay. I said blunt. <laughs> <laughs> what, is happen- what is happening on today's show see it all started with me messing up the intro and we just devolved i think from there and we haven't even hit drinking Today, news today's yet. show michael curtis in the studio or lowest common denominator <laughs> right. um so so tell me about your cigar oh uh, so i sat out on my patio earlier today and i uh lit up a cigar it was a partagas uh, number one also known as a classic or a mm-hmm. natural. Yeah, it's yeah. got the yellow labels. Partagas yeah. number one. It's kind of a boring name, actually. Is is it Partagas or Partagas? Partagas. 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 Where, do, where does the emphasis... Look, I don't know how to say this, man. But which syllable does the emphasis go on? Partagas. Partagas. We know we know what it is, at least. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't you know, know which just, one is just right, phonetically though. go with yeah. it. You'll mm-hmm. find it in the shop. Yep. Got it. Uh, so this was the um, Panatella or the... Um, the uh, uh what are you uh, Lancero? Lancero, sorry. I kept saying I kept thinking Lonsdale. Um but uh six and three quarter inches by forty three ring gauge. Mm-hmm. So it's uh it's skinny, long and skinny cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh a nice looking cigar. Had a Cameroon wrapper on it. Uh Mexican San Andreas Binder and filler is a uh, Mexican and Dominican uh Piloto Cubano. Mm. I think it's like Cuban seed. Is that what that means? Yes, I believe so. Uh, the appearance, light brown, somewhat veiny in texture, dried leather to the touch, single band yellow and red. <clears throat> Pretty simple looking cigar, but very classy looking. Feels feels good in the hand like you have a quality yeah. cigar. Point to it? Oh, oh yes, right here. Sorry, yeah, in this okay. picture. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> in this picture right here. Uh, the... Uh, uh, the free light draw on this. I used a punch. As a matter of fact, I used this real pretty punch that uh, a friend of mine got me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it had a light draw to it, sweet and cedar, earthy, with a hint of barnyard going on. Um, you'll see the punch in the picture over here. Yeah, right. The uh, uh, the initial light on this, cedar and white pepper, tangy leather, uh, retro halo, cedar and sweet pepper. Pretty simple right off the bat mm-hmm. on the uh, on a pre-light uh, sniff and the pre-light draw. Um, and then the initial light just uh, just backed up with something you know pretty simple as well. The first third of this sweet tobacco on earth set the tone for this classic number with a slightly spicy undertone of white pepper and a kiss of cayenne. The earth and woody notes blend in harmony with the sweetness and leather. Retrohale is cedar and white pepper and slightly sweet. Solid ash, perfect burn. The second third of this cedar takes center stage along with fresh notes of cookie and gently toasted bread. Earth and sweetness are the petal tones that keep all, all the other notes rooted. A constant pad of spice provides the interest throughout this composition and even the intermission between puffs. Retrohale is cedar and sweet with a hint of spice. Solid ash. Perfect burn. You're waxing poetic today. I like it. The last third of this, toast and spice, are the theme of the final movement. The sweet and earthy petal tones are a bit more dynamic and alternatively clash and resolve with the leather and fresh cut. Pardon me, fresh cut cedar notes that we've been experiencing from the beginning. The performance is a bit frantic and takes its toll on the overall structure of the cigar, Mm -hmm. which looks like it may unravel. See this picture over here. Mm-hmm. The last notes are a bit bitter and leave the audience uh, in a bit of confusion, uh, but with a sweet uh, with a sweet taste on the lips. The retrohale is cedar and pepper with campfire. Solid ash, perfect burn. Let me translate a few things on that. Okay. So first off, 
the unraveling part. It, yeah. it actually the when I got towards the last third of this, uh, the cigar actually had a like a little split in the um, split in the wrapper. In the wrapper, and uh, started to do a couple things. I got I got him in that picture um, that you saw over here a minute ago, mm-hmm. and then um, but it it never changed anything about the burn the burn stayed right on the entire time uh and it smoked fine it did get a little bit bitter at the very end of it uh in, in a slightly unpleasant kind of way but only at the very end so by this time you've had you know 90 percent of the cigar that you're going to smoke right. anyway right um this was an 11 dollar cigar uh it's a lot for a lancero. it's a lot it's a lot for a lancero lanceros always cost a little more anyway just due to the nature of they're more difficult to roll mm-hmm. um but uh, this is an eleven dollar Lancero, and all told, if I didn't have any splitting in the uh, in the uh, uh, in the wrapper uh, and the bitterness on the end, I probably would have given it a solid five. I gave it a four and a half because even with the splitting on there, it smoked perfectly. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> the little bitterness on the end was a, a little bit of a tragedy because you didn't get to smoke that last, you know, down to the nub, yeah, down to the nub part of the cigar. But you know, at that point in time, it's enough cigar. I feel like you got, you know, most of your money's worth. So four and a half is what I give it on the price to quality scale, just because, um, just because of those couple little things. And it wasn't a six dollar cigar. It was no, it was yeah. expensive. Yeah. And I, but I will probably buy another one and see how it stacks up against it because the flavor profile was good. You know, our our buddy uh, Jorge at uh, Stogies here mm-hmm. in Houston, that's his favorite cigar size. He loves the yeah, Lanceros. he loves Lanceros. Yeah, big fan of them. I enjoy them occasionally, but I find I'm mostly a Toro guy these days. Well, the Lancero, due to its size, because it's such a small ring gauge, you end up with a lot of wrapper. To wrapper uh, to filler to uh, filler ratio, ratio. Yeah. and that that adds a lot more of that wrapper flavor mm-hmm. versus some of the bigger sticks that you know. Yeah, you're talking the surface more area. Filler. The wrapper yeah. is not as sure. you know intense. You're talking more filler. Well, if you've ever seen or heard this show before, you probably know that I'm something of a fanboy when it comes to Gurkha. Yes. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to AJ Fernandez, I know, he is teasing. my he is my cigar hero. Right. Uh, major mainstream cigar companies have been turning to AJ more and more over the last few years to blend cigars to rejuvenate their brands. And boy, has he done an amazing he, job. He, well, he really has. Uh, H. Upman, Punch, Romeo and Julieta, Hoya de Monterrey, Monte Cristo, just to name a few. And uh, today I decided I was going to smoke the Monte Cristo Nicaragua series, which is, in fact, blended by AJ Fernandez. It it isn't even the first Monte Cristo that AJ has uh, has blended, uh, but it is the most recent. Because honest... he had that one that was just called Monty, right? Monty uh, by AJ. Right. Actually, it's Monty by Monte Cristo, AJ Fernandez. I think that, is, yeah, is okay. the way it is actually. That named. was a great cigar. Yeah, I it absolutely, that absolutely yeah. is. And this one um, is the most recent. I honestly don't know how he even keeps track of the blends at this point. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like, cause he's done so many of these things for so many different things. And then he has his own line of cigars as well. So, um, I feel like these companies are just following him around. Like anytime he drops a napkin or something, <laughs> yeah. it's just got some masterful blend on yeah. it. It's like, Ooh, look at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Nicaragua series, uh, Toro, it's a Nicaraguan Puro. 
uh, with all the tobacco grown in Nicaragua. It's a medium brown color with just a little hint of red to the tobacco leaf and a little bit of oiliness to the surface. A very enticing, very pretty cigar. Uh, the pre-light sniff and draw gave me rich tobacco notes along with earth and some cedar. I used a punch, very similar to the one I demonstrated and displayed earlier by Ian. And, In that picture uh, over here. And I lit this, uh, lit this baby up so I could proceed to experience... A Nicaraguan pepper blast. Oh, so yep. nice. It was uh, bold and intense, and it made me want to sing Bee Gees songs, uh, which I will. Why does a Nicaraguan pepper blast make you think of Barry Gibb? Because that's my Nicaraguan pepper blast song. When uh, you come up with one for the show. Well, now I have to come up with two because I'm going to have to have my mine. own that does not involve Barry Gibb. Well, that's fine. But until you, un until you have that, when I think of the Nicaraguan pepper blast song i think of it i think of barry gibbs singing you know pepper blast oh my gosh all right that's like that's the, it folks that's, we'll see you yeah, next week <laughs> thank you there's nothing else we can do here. cheers y'all <laughs> honestly uh and I'm I'm really sorry, Michael. <laughs> no, that this show, I, I'm, I'm this show so has, has degenerated. Uh, <laughs> the very show you get to come on, and and it's just degenerated into this. Well, I do watch, and I have been watching uh, in the last year and a half. You know, and keeping up on the shows. And we were sitting talking like I'm a one to three cigar person a year, and we right. were just talking as much like I'm going to the name brands like the Padrones or mm -hmm. uh, other stuff. So it's a little hard for me to still venture because they're. You guys got such a wealth of knowledge. Well, come, I mean, come. We've just smoked a lot of cigars. <laughs> That's yeah. all. It really isn't about knowledge. It's just about how many cigars. No, it's called we've research. Had. Research. Oh but yeah. You're uh, unless, by the way, my doctor is watching. In which case, it hasn't been that many. That many. True. Yeah. But your energy and imagination to it, it's like, <laughs> okay, I, I can be a little more bold and want to go try something when I'm running across that store, and you find like, you know, I think they were talking about that one. Let me give it a try. Especially and, that price to quantity point. Yeah, and and if you're looking at it and you remember the Nicaraguan Pepper Blast song, and mm. you're looking yeah. for a Nicaraguan Pepper Blast, then that can really if that song is stuck in your head. Yeah. <laughs> well, where can you get that? Is that at Specs, or do you go to your what's what's the place you usually go over here? Uh, Specs has a great humidor in most of their stores. Mm -hmm. um, the um, Casa de, uh, the Monte, Casa de Cristo Monte Cristo is one of our favorites. There's Stogies lots of great. Is a favorite. Yeah. Stogies is great. There's lots of great cigar mm -hmm. shops. So when I'm singing that. that song on the way out, and the cashier's looking at me all, you know, side eye, and I'm like, you just, you know, you just, yeah, just keep going. Us. Just yes. blame us and keep going. Yeah, and hope they don't follow you to your car. Uh, <laughs> speaking of cigar stores, by the way, I just saw the headline that Cigars International, you know, they've opened that big store in San Antonio. A buddy of mine just sent me a text on this. Yeah, earlier they're today. opening a store in Katy. Yeah, so yeah which is in our, you know, Katie is part of what we would call the greater Houston area. And we say greater, we mean greater. I mean, this city goes for days. It's a long, just a huge, ways. huge thing. But Katie is one of the more popular uh, suburbs of Houston. And uh, they're opening a, a CI there. So that'll be very interesting. Because it'll only be, see, that's nice because it's still quote unquote in Houston. So that means right. it'll only be 45 minutes away that's at right. freeway speed. <laughs> at freeway <laughs> speeds. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> well, so back to the Nicaraguan pepper blast, which I so successfully derailed the whole show uh, uh, mm -hmm. singing about. Uh, it was bold and intense. Uh, and once it settled down, then here came the toast and uh, a note that was a little bit like, 
peaches, but minus the sweetness, you know, like maybe like mm-hmm. right against the pit sort of peaches where it's got just that tiny little bit of bitter, but it's still still pleasant. You know, it's not a mm-hmm. not a sweet peach uh, uh, sort of thing. The pepper remained, uh, but it was not nearly as prominent, of course, as it was at first during the NPB. Uh, by the second third, I had a nice peppery tang on my tongue, and the rich tobacco notes really took center stage on this cigar. A bit of toastiness developed, which is something I don't notice a lot of in AJ's blends. You don't think of toast uh, when no, you, when you think of his cigars. Pops up. Uh, the peach-like note uh, dominated the retrohale, which was very pleasant. Final third saw the pepper take over as the primary vibe with the earth and uh, a little bit of uh, coffee bean showing up as well. Notably, I did not get notes of chocolate, huh. which so many of AJ's cigars are known for. Yeah, big uh, chocolate. I mean, if you smoke a Bella Artes Maduro, that is, it's almost like a chocolate cake. Yes. It's so chocolatey. Uh, the burn was near perfect, and the cigar never got too hot, staying smooth and a little bit creamy uh, all the way to the end. The Nicaraguan Series Toro was medium-bodied overall, not quite as strong as many of AJ's blends, which have a tendency to be north of medium right. or even full. Uh, but it still had a very Nicaraguan vibe to it, I thought, uh, which, is, which is interesting because when I think of Nicaraguan cigars, I do think of them as being stronger. Uh, and this was... I wouldn't say it was mild, but it was definitely definitely medium. Uh, I really enjoyed it and found it to be a very relaxing and somewhat subtle uh, smoke. A cigar retails for about $12. Uh, I felt it was absolutely worth it with the one caveat being that AJ has some other blends that come in around $8 that are really just as good. Uh, but I won't penalize the Nicaraguan series uh, for that, and I'll recommend it. I'll give it a solid five, nice. price to quality. I really, I did not feel like I overpaid. Is what I'm, is what I'm saying. Right. That said, you can find a uh, an experience as good as that a little cheaper. In fact, we're going to steer you today on this show to nine great cigars under seven dollars. So that's a list. Yes, I have a list. I have it. Right, your actual paper list. An actual paper which, list. Which what is, is that? Crazy. What is that thing in your it's, hand? It's out of Cigar Snob magazine. Yeah, yeah, I know. Is I, there I coupons crazy. with that? Like you get cut out? I actually went online to try to find it online, so I could just call it up on the iPad like I normally could. Couldn't find this article online, so I, uh, I just ripped it right out of the magazine. Right out of the... Yeah, ripped it right out of the magazine. So That's anyway. awesome. Uh, but I do recommend that cigar. It, it was a very enjoyable smoking experience. That was, I, I guess, what I came away from the most. Is I really, it was a very chill kind of light and easy smoking experience and I really enjoyed it. Nice. So, so so very good. All right. We have to take a break because it's beer 30. And when we come back, we're going to start tasting some of these uh Michigan beers. Do you have a uh do you have a favorite in mind for us to start with? What should we start first? I think in turtles. You were all excited about oh, turtles at the oh. beach last week. Let's turtles, just go for it. Turtles all the way down. We'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. We are the program that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. At least I got that part right. Uh, we, are, <laughs> we are on show number 294, and uh, Michael Curtis is our guest. We're going to be t- tasting some Michigan beers. While Ian pours that, let me tell you about some cigars to watch for that uh, should be headed to shelves near you. Uh, the Timeless Cigar Brand is celebrating its 10th anniversary this year, and its new owners, uh, Fiero Tego, are honoring the milestone with a limited edition smoke called the Timeless 10 Years, uh, which started shipping out to retailers this week. The new owners are, in fact, the reason that we want to talk about it uh, here, because Timeless 
the brand is no longer owned by Nat Sherman. Right. And their parent company, which supported wildly unfair and restrictive laws that were proposed for premium cigars. Did you add that all in there? What's that? Did you add that whole last sentence in there, or was that in oh, there? Oh, this is just me talking. Oh, no, gotcha. Yeah, I'm just telling you. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's not, yeah, I thought you were yeah. reading an article. You're so yeah, professional. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so uh, this was made in the Dominican Republic by Quesada Cigars, which also produces the Timeless Prestige and Sterling nice. now. So Quesada, great, great cigar makers. Uh, Timeless 10 Years is made in just one size. It's a Robusto Grande, five and three quarters inches by a 54 ring gauge. Now, here's the thing. It uh, consists almost entirely of Dominican tobacco, save uh, for just a little bit of Nicaragua leaf in the filler uh, blend. And the suggested retail price on it is eighteen fifty. So this Ooh. is going to be an expensive cigar. Now, you can get the regular uh, Timeless stuff for you know, in the neighborhood of $8, $9. Yeah. So uh, I thought that was uh, really interesting. And the retooled Nicaraguan El Baton brand. By uh, that's a, J.C. That's Newman Spanish Cigar. for the baton. Yes, exactly. Thank you for clearing that up. Uh, it's J.C. Newman Cigar Company that does this one. Uh, it headed to retailers uh, yesterday, and it has new packaging and a slightly stronger blend because it is made in Nicaragua. El Baton now has an updated band and box design with uh, bolder fonts, larger letters, and gilded trim to evoke a bit of a classic look. Uh, J.C. Newman was founded in Cleveland. In 1895, and they first made the El Baton back in 1914. Wow. Back when cigars were rolled with Cuban tobacco and sold for a nickel each. This one will not be selling for a nickel, uh, but it sounds uh, pretty interesting to me. Ecuadorian wrapper, Nicaraguan blend, and it's going to sell for um, right around 8 to $9, depending on where you pick it up. So a couple of new things to watch for. There's, there's a little less new cigar release announcements right now because everybody did it for the big convention right. which was about a month ago and uh, so there's a few are coming out but there's still a few things to watch for and i'm excited actually about timeless i i'm i intend to uh, purchase one of those 18 dollar uh Timeless cigars. We have to try uh, and smoke it on the uh, for the show and, and be able to talk about it. So, although they are eighteen dollars, so you just purchase one and we'll cut it in half. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> we'll, we'll each smoke half of it. Uh, so, um, we're starting with the Michigan beers. And Michael, why don't you tell us what this is that we're about to smoke? Uh, we're about to, to smoke. This show is just off the rails. Um, uh, <laughs> what are we about to drink? Well, we're drinking the Great Turtles Rusty Fender Red L. This okay. was recommended. Well, it was just let me give her a shout out, Megan. Amazing bartender up there. I had a million questions going like, because <laughs> I want to know like how you make it, what's the fun right. part about it. Like, you know, Ian Wiesa and talked to me many times that part of going to a brewery or grabbing beer is getting the story and the experience. Like, mm -hmm. how'd you That's get right. here? Yeah. And, you know, she's like, you got because I was like, hey, I'm going to take this back for a podcast and stuff. She's like, take this one. You'll, I'll guarantee it. And if you see the picture on it for all those uh, on radio who can see this, it's a little turtle on a bike because with Mackinac, you know, mm -hmm. can ride bikes. No cars are allowed on no the island. No cars allowed on the island. You can, you can ride a horse, too. You can yeah. ride a horse. and you, you can have to get the horse over there. Well, yeah. and you do have to be careful because you can get... There's less cleanup after a bicycle ride. Let I, me hear put it that way. I hear you. Oh, yeah, that is pretty much true. Something <laughs> going around with a pooper scooper pretty much the whole island. <laughs> but you do have to be careful. Even on a bike, you drinking a lot. There are cops up there who can give you like tickets for drunken... Tickets for drunken cycling. <laughs> drunken yeah. cycling. Wow. Many speeding. Wow. All right. So, so yeah. this is a red ale, mm -hmm. and, and the turtle you said is on a bike, and this is... 
You said you said something during the break about Tippy the turtle. Yeah, I think the name. If I remember correctly, like they like to call it Tippy. Mm-hmm. Not tipsy. Not tipsy. Exactly. That's where I was going. Maybe because I was I was drinking at the he, time. He does she look told like me. he's having fun on this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm. that's uh, the 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 uh, mm. artwork is really really nice. This Ooh, is coming in at very cool. Four point eight ABV. I was just about to say it's very drinkable. Like very it just crushable. goes down real easily. Like a very summer beer for mm-hmm. us two on this side of the table, but you know. And it's often a, red ales can be a little heavier. This one is not. Yeah, and, and you know what's funny is I forgot about this, and I almost uh, brought the um, the Cougar Paw Red Ale. Oh, that's a great that's uh, for a beer. show beer, but mm-hmm. I ended up getting the uh, Buffalo Bayou instead. Uh, this says on the back, it's a shell of a ride, an easy drinking red ale with a great balanced flavor, Cara Munich, and roast malt uh, lend to the pretty reddish hue and smooth malty finish. Yeah, it definitely has malt on the on the finish. That's for sure, and it's got, um, you know, it, to me. Like, if you've ever had, like, a Killian's Red Ale and you're like, okay, like, this tastes so much better. I'm not yeah, no, oh. I'm not necessarily knocking Killian's. No, I'm Killian's, just saying, Killian's is, got, is not good. This is a smooth, easy to drink. Compared to this. But very malt-flavored uh, beverage. It's really good. Agreed. This is, uh, it says on here, uh, 7452 Main Street, Mackinac Island, Michigan. And then underneath it says, brewed and packaged by Right Brain Brewery. Um in Traverse City, Michigan. So, uh, so they're brewing off, and they're basically yeah. the way it works for for people who don't know. If you have a, if you have a, a quote unquote brewery, there's a there's a, a chain restaurant around here called BJ's, which uh, when they outgrew their own brewing, they ended up uh, sub uh, like subcontracting yeah. uh, St. Arnold's it. to brew a lot right. of their beers. So basically, it's you know, hey, I've got this this uh, recipe but i don't have the facility to brew it can you right. brew this recipe for me sure so it's 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 still legit it's not like they're outsourcing everything but it's still right. legit it's their recipes and those kind of things uh done on uh done at a place that has a facility to be able to do that so, so. explain this to me again the beer can't actually be brewed on the yeah, island that's i uh went there last year like the same brewery mm-hmm. and i was asking mm-hmm. them they like the laws restricting the island you know they're very they want to keep things picturesque, pristine, yeah. pristine yeah. the old traditions, and doing this just doesn't. Um, but just they doesn't... Let, them, let them have the tap room there. Yes. But they just have to bring the beer over in a boat, I Yes, suppose. and then I take it back across on another boat to take it back. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Reminds yeah. me of that, uh, uh, what is that whiskey that's uh, aged in the sea? Or is uh, it Oceans, that Jefferson yeah. Oceans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of like that, I guess. Yeah, it yeah. gets a little boat trip across, it gets a boat trip back. Yeah, and so. in the, uh, what else I was going to remember about this uh, brewery, too? Oh, they also just get into the spirits business, mm-hmm. and I wasn't allowed to buy on site. I had to go someplace else to get it, so I, I didn't get a chance. Uh, but I w- um, went to a place similar, and Mackinac Island is known for their fudge. And it's really funny because there's like 12 different fudge shops, and they all say they're the original and they're the best. Voted number one. <laughs> of course, of course well, Voted are. number one. Hey, we're, we're in the top 4% of all podcasts, so uh, <laughs> you, know, you can right. find something to crow about, right? But they use the fudge. And some of the rum, they're like you'll see at the bottom the sediments of fudge uh, at the bottom, and I'm like, that is interesting. I yeah. mean, I had a little shot of it. It was, it was okay. I think it was different, but I give the clap for boldness to take a chance and say, sure, sure, let's put some fudge in here, see how this sure. would do it. Well, it's it's a really cool concept though, having the uh, having the tap room on the island that you have to go <laughs> to 
to, I mean, you have to really, I mean, I, I see, I'm, I'm lazy. Like I'm, I'm so spoiled. I got eighth wonder and total anomaly are walking distance from my yeah, house, I'm a little you know? Jealous and that. when I want to get in the car and drive for like, cause it takes 10 me eight minutes, minutes to get to those places. Yeah, I can be at great heights or, or uh, uh Buffalo Bayou or some of well, those places. That so. reminds me of what I'm truly here for is for the beer exchange program. Like I come ah. over here, so now now we we have to do this and reciprocate yeah. oh, and send it this way. We so. absolutely will. We absolutely. <laughs> will. I'm, I'm trying to start this program, make it go worldwide. I, I really want to do this. This is something I've I've said on the show a number of times, is that if you want to send beers from where you are, we will send you some of the best that Texas has to offer in return. That's just that's just how we like to roll, you know. And yep. and it gives us a chance to taste things from other areas because the show's seen and listened to all over the place. Uh, but we don't have access to some beers. I mean, it uh, is international. Yeah, it is. Well, my, and world famous. My question is: Does this turn into a smoking the bandit situation where you know <laughs> you got to go across state lines? Yeah, with a uh, with a trunk full of Coors or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose so. Well, I, I think this red ale is delicious. I, I really, really like this. This is, uh, and I'm taking it off a twirly gig to look at it. But rusty Fender red ale, and yes, that turtle does look like he's having a good. Time. It's quite good, so, yeah. Very crushable yeah, red ale. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it. Um, any any thoughts, Ian, about um, uh, about this that we didn't cover? Any any thoughts about the? No, it's good. Flavors, it's, it's malty and delicious. It's got a crisp backbone to it, mm-hmm. and uh, and it leaves you with a little bit of that malt sweetness on the uh, aftertaste, which is really really nice. And you know, one of the great things about it is it doesn't taste like a dive bar. No. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Okay, so. In collaboration with Tipsy Scoop, uh, the treat that Miller Life is uh, Miller High Life is coming out with includes a peanut sw- swirl to mimic peanut shells that are always found on dive bar, dive bar floors, as well as a hint of tobacco and smoke flavor. This is not a joke. This is not from the Onion. Miller High Life is releasing an ice cream bar that is supposed to taste like a dive bar. I, I don't. Um, I don't does, it, does it have that truly enjoyable uh, 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 stale beer right. stench? And not to mention the slight, depending on which way the door is open and the air is going, the little waft from the bathroom? Uh, yeah, well, from the, the I think, urinal cakes? I think that's covered by the Miller High Life part of it. So, you know, that's that's where you get some. What of about that. the Marlboro Reds? Ash. Oh, right, right. Yep, yep. So, listen, <laughs> dive bars. Are, are great fun. I mean, they can be very smelly. <laughs> with delicate, with fun. a delicate kiss of a urinal cake and just, a cigar ash. <laughs> I just don't know if I need that in my ice cream. You know, <laughs> I'm a vanilla. You know, to me, there is no greater ice cream than a really great vanilla with chocolate syrup. Look, there are a lot of things you can do with ice cream, but vanilla ice cream mm-hmm. is the king of all. And the reason for that is because. More than any other ice cream, you can add flavors to that vanilla mm-hmm. or add right. mix-ins to mix-ins, that vanilla. Exactly. All mm-hmm. those things that really, really work well. You could do that with other flavors, but not a, none of them are quite as accepting as vanilla. And I would even challenge some good old Michigan maple syrup because this is a mm. shot at Vermont. Because uh-huh. I listened a couple of weeks ago, Vermont, number one in beer. I, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, but Vermont has some great breweries. Yeah. But but unless Where, they're going like per, from? <laughs> unless they're going per capita because it's a very small state, you know? And and I, I don't and I've told you about being in Vermont, right? You you can't order like a beer and a shot and take yeah, them both. That's 
truly you, annoying. The bartender has to hold the beer for you while you do the shot. And then you put down the empty glass and the bartender, unless that has changed since I was in Vermont. It has been a few years. But uh, that's weird. That's really weird. Yeah. Uh, but liquor laws are weird everywhere. Yes. You know, that's that's something that's true. Are are there any strange Michigan liquor laws? Uh, well, kind of some similarity, like, uh, unless it's changed, unless I remember you can't buy it till noon on Sunday. Yeah. That, uh, by, by the way, recently got rolled back, back to here 10. In Texas to 10 a.m. I, I yeah. think that has probably to do with the Cowboys, probably, and the Houston Texans are like. So I'll tell you the story. Uh, about 20 years ago, a buddy had tickets to a Dallas Cowboys football game and invited me to go with him. And so we show up. And we're, you know, meandering around outside Texas Stadium. It was before it was AT&T or whatever. Uh, and we're meandering around. There's all these booths set up with, you know, uh, food and drink and, and what have you. And, and I was like, well, let's go ahead and get a beer. So we walk up to the beer uh, stand and say, we'd like to buy a couple of beers. He said, I can't sell you beers. Oh, not until noon. Okay. So he sold us instead a $7 stick of celery. Oh. And gave us a beer. That's the food. Yeah, that's what they do here. Nice. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. But $7 stick is the most expensive celery I've ever had in my life. But it was worth it. Well, I think the <laughs> that thing. celery tastes like beer. <laughs> well, I, don't, I know this could happen in other states, but uh, I took a buddy up to Michigan once years and years ago. And it was so much fun to go at 1.30 in the morning to the grocery store and you could still buy liquor. And there's like nobody in the store. And we're like, we're buying some liquor. And I'm like, like that doesn't happen in Texas. That's that's true. The best liquor law uh, uh, that I remember, and I may have said, told this on the show before, but it, I don't know if it's still the same. But when I lived in Massachusetts, when I lived in Boston, um, you you would go to a uh, a liquor, beer, and wine store. You couldn't get beer and wine at the grocery store like you can right. here in Texas. But you could go to a big liquor, beer, and wine store. Cappy's was the one that I used to go to. Big store, kind of like a Specs, had everything, you know. And uh, But those were all closed on Sundays because that's the Lord's Day. Except between Thanksgiving and New Year's <laughs> when they were allowed to stay open on Sunday, when God said you will make more money, right, right, Wait, or your family's coming into town and we right. need a reason. Basically, <laughs> people were them. people were driving across the state border to New Hampshire or uh, or one of the other bordering states and buying their liquor on Sundays, and they were just losing too much tax revenue between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So apparently, you should not buy liquor on the Lord's Day. Except during the holiest time of the year, uh, <laughs> surrounding Christmas, right? That's just uh, yeah, as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite. So it's important laws, to so. uh, keep that law intact. Yeah, that's absolutely right. All right, it's important to keep the show intact as well. So we're going to try some more uh, beer here in just a moment. What are we tasting next? We'll we'll come back and do it in the next segment. I think next we'll go with another great turtle. Oh, I'm liking this turtle. This yeah. turtle has got my uh, uh, undying devotion. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This one's pretty cool. There's there's some good stories about this one. I learned a few things about this. All right. So we'll get to that when we come back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for watching show number 294. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 294. We're all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Our special guest is Michael Curtis, so who has brought with him uh, beers from Michigan. And so we're just absolutely thrilled to uh, to be doing some sampling and some tasting. And uh, just as a... Uh, 
uh, a general reminder, we're in the top 4% of all podcasts. Just That's wanted to say amazing. that again. Yeah. Hashtag winning. Pretty yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> well done. Hashtag Charlie Sheen. <laughs> uh, so uh, we've got this one spinning on Mr. Twirly Gig now. This is another one uh, from the uh, Great Turtle Brewery. And uh, this one shows the... The turtle, what is he piloting a boat there? Yep. Yeah, it's well, um, and this is for Bruce because I remember. I thank you, Bruce, because he helped me out on this. Uh, they do sailboat rates from Port Huron up to Mackinac City Races and from Chicago up there. So, this mm -hmm. is the beer that's kind of in that spirit. Okay. And Bruce was posting on Facebook, uh, like tracking the ship. So, I was able to use that tracker to know, like, I don't know, it's like three, four hundred sailboats that come through wow. uh, uh, that island. They came out with this last year as a seasonal one-time special, but people liked it so much. Now it's like one of their main staples, awesome. as I was told. The funny story is we were up there during the Chicago race, and there were some big storms that came across Lake Michigan. And I don't know if you know anything about the Great Lakes. There is a lot of shipwrecks that happen. Oh, so yeah, it is a yeah, very, very dangerous. The wreck There's of the Edmund Fitzgerald, for yes. God's sake. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And... We were leaving when the sailors, a lot of them coming in, and the person we were giving our bike uh, rental in, they're like, you're lucky because it's about to get crazy because those guys were thirsty, guys and gals, yeah. were thirsty. <laughs> and they were like the night before, we stayed on one night on the island, and uh, some of the early ones that were there, they were having a good time. And wow. the official party was the next night. So. Oh, wow. It wasn't even the official party <laughs> night. So. Yeah. So yeah, this one is based off of like the sailboat race, and it's a... Uh, I, have, I don't know how many year tradition, but I think it's been going for a long, long time. I have to tell you, this smells so good. Well, I know here we do uh, a lot around the tall ships uh, mm. uh, thing. When the tall ships, in fact, uh, St. Arnold Alyssa, that's named after a tall ship, which is parked right outside, yep. uh, right by. Uh, oh, what's the name of the restaurant? I've been there. Right there and, and, the, I've uh, been there and eaten dinner there. It's it's a, it's on, a pretty good restaurant on, on Galveston Island. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this smells blanking on the name boy. of it. Yeah, you can you can actually yeah, see it when you're sitting on the deck. Yeah, yeah. And at that restaurant, so from good. inside the restaurant while you're eating too, if you're uh, if you're by the window. If I'm I, totally blanking on the name. If of I it. remember right, they said, "Oh, the nice citrus finish." That's what I can smell before drinking it. So this yeah, this is has a very fruity smell. Big AFT. It's a double IPA. So this is what about seven uh, percent? I would guess yeah. seven point two. Mm -hmm. mm. That's so good. Stow the sails, tidy the lines, and hoist the brew with us. Big A, uh, big AFT double IPAs loaded with citra hops for a nice citrus citrus finish. So I can totally see why, if this was a seasonal, why they decided to extend it and make it a year round. Yeah, uh, because I could see a beer like this. This being is a good IPA. Very very popular. Yes, very balanced. A lot of times when you get into a double IPA. The bitter starts to ramp up real high. It can and, be pretty hard. And if it's not what you're into with IPAs, it can it can be a little much. But if you don't this balance is, it with malt, right, to tamp down some of the bitter and with citrus too. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, I could taste the dryness on my tongue a little bit. Like a few mm -hmm. minutes afterward, you can see the you can like oh you got it. But citra hops is a wonderful a wonderful plant. There's there's a little bit of a lingering uh, pine coney aftertaste, not mm. totally in a bad way, but just as a descriptor. Yeah, it lets um, you know you've had an IPA. I don't I don't like beers that are too pine coney. This is not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. This is, uh, but there's a little bit of a lingering bit of that that's really it is delicious though. Yeah, it really, and, it truly and is. as I was telling you, like um, in the break there, that they're hoping to go outside the island and sell someplace. I mean, they're only mm -hmm. two years old, four to eight now beers, getting more popular. Hopefully they can branch out and you don't have to like literally drive. Well, and somebody take a boat there's and coming across. up with the with the recipes, right? And right. so far, two out of two, they've been really, really good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So. They, uh, you know, for 
a brewery that's got what'd you say eight beers eight yeah. beers last year i brought up or gave you the i think it was the hobart street it's the dark one or it was a stout yeah and that was mm-hmm. last year um one and so i think that one and then like two other ones i can't remember but yeah now up to eight so yeah we were trying to figure out what hobart was i think it's a name of it's name of one of the main road and there's a giant hill you remember the guy the turtle that was a little wheelie yeah you can get a speeding ticket going down that hill they tell you the on a bicycle on a bicycle wow that's awesome <laughs> that's why he's going we all the yeah, way down all right, all right. i, I want to point out if you're a police officer in an area that has to pull over bicycles Mm-hmm. For um, speeding tickets. Yep, yep. You got a pretty good job. Yeah, you got a pretty good gig going. I mean, come on. <laughs> so what do you I'm just, a little envious. Like, wave them over, you know? Yeah. yeah. Hold up a red flag. Whoop, come whoop, on, buddy, or I got this stick whoop. I'm putting in your yeah. spokes. Yeah. Where did that stick come from? How do you pull someone over? <laughs> this is uh, this is a really good IPA. I like this uh, very, very much. In fact, this is... Uh, this has got me wondering if these guys will ever darn good. distribute down here. Because oh, this would agreed. be this would be a regular purchase for me. Yeah, I'm digging it. All right, all right. We're gonna take a break. We'll be right back. Smoking and toasting. We still have uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of splaining to do on uh, drinking news, and we also are gonna tell you about these uh, nine great cigars under seven dollars. Right now, or or next on smoking and toasting. <laughs> Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we're on show number 294. Our guest this week, uh, Michael Curtis, who has brought Michigan beers, which we're going to get back to in a minute. But we have a little whiskey tasting to do first. And while Ian pours, I want to start with you on this list, uh, which comes from Cigar Snob Magazine, by the way. Nine great cigars under $7. And I apologize for like holding this right in front of my face, but I just had uh, some vision correction surgery this week and so I'm still still like still a little blurry in the close-up vision. Uh it's supposed to get better. So, looking forward to that. Uh all right, they start out with uh several cigars that got 91 ratings in Cigar Snob magazine. These cigars are all under $7 retail and they start with the Oliva Serie G. Now we already know Oliva makes great cigars. I mean this is just a quality cigar company. Man, they're so good. The, the Serie G is fantastic. The fact that you can grab a Serie G for under uh, 7 bucks. I mean that that says a lot right there. It really does. The Hoya Black, uh, another Nicaraguan cigar, uh is uh this is one of the brands that was taken over by Drew Estate, and they have kept the Hoya Black at an under $7 price point. It rated a 91 in Cigar Snob, and it's on the list as well, as is the EPC, a new wave Connecticut from EP Carrillo. Oh. Now, so it's interesting to see a milder cigar like yeah. that on this list, uh, but this one is under $7, came in at a 91 rating in Cigar Snob magazine. The Diesel Sunday Gravy. Have you had a Sunday Gravy? I haven't, but we talked about those. Yeah, we've talked about uh, it, uh, a few months back. Mm-hmm. Those coming out. I got to get one of these. This is a this is a very inexpensive cigar, and it is a Nicaraguan cigar, and it was rated a ninety in uh, uh, in Cigar Snob. Uh, the Charter Oak, Connecticut, another Nicaraguan cigar. In fact, 
almost all of these. The EPC New Wave Connecticut is a Dominican. There's a Honduran uh, or two on this list, and then everything else is uh, all Nicaraguan ah. uh, on this list. So uh, very interesting. Uh, but the Charter Oak Connecticut is a Nicaraguan cigar, despite the fact that it is a lighter-bodied cigar, and uh, it uh, rated a 90 at uh, at Cigar Snob. And then the Zeno Nicaragua uh, ra- ranked a 90 as well. Uh, and I didn't know Zeno had a cigar under $7, to be honest. I think of Zeno as one of those sort of like high price what's brands. The, what's the name of that one? The Zeno Nicaragua. Because I tried one of the Zenos. Uh, let me get, just give me one second while you're doing it. Because I tried a Zeno that was like the inexpensive Zeno a mm-hmm. while back. And you weren't too pleased with it. It was were you? not. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, I think there are a lot of companies that do a better. Yeah, it was the Nicaragua Robusto, hmm. and uh, let's see here. I gave it a four at six dollars and fifty five cents. I gave it a four rating. Very interesting because yeah, at that at that price, you would expect it to do better. Yeah, I mean, interesting. I, I just think that like at that price range, there's a lot of there's a lot of companies that just make a better cigar than that. It did make this list. They don't have be, that cool Z on there. It'd be really interesting to maybe smoke another one and see. And Jay Z may not smoke it. Yeah, that's true. And that could that could take some points away right there. Um, the Crown Heads Juarez. This is the one with the bull on the uh, on the cigar band. Uh, came in at a ninety, and it is a six dollar and ninety five cent cigar. Suggested retail. Uh, the JFR. Uh, uh, it's it's the Corojo. Yeah, the JFR Corojo, also a Nicaraguan cigar, comes in at ninety points, and the HVC Pan. Uh, I'm going to have to look at this. Yeah, that's what I thought it said. Pan Caliente. Pan Caliente. The HVC. Uh, and that's not a cigar I'm familiar with. It's I've a Honduran. It's a Honduran did uh, cigar. Did you, did you review that one? I'm almost positive I did that one, too. To and I like the HVC stuff. Yeah. So if I did a HVC... Uh, let's see here. HVC. Let's How do you spell fun. HVC? Uh, I would go with an H and then a VC. <laughs> uh, no, uh, so I did. I did the Robusto 5x50 mm-hmm. Nicaraguan Puro. Um, and and I gave it a 5.5 at $6. It's nice. not a very expensive cigar. Yeah, nice. See, for the same price, a cigar like that over that Zeno. Over the Zeno. So you're, you're not a fan of the Zeno. I just didn't like it much. Hmm. I, and I, I didn't like it enough to remember that I didn't like it very much, too, so. Some so, cigars are like kind of on the border where it's like years later. I'm like, eh, did I like that or not? I don't know. Mm-hmm. By the way, while we're while we're kind of taking in the nose of this whiskey, I just wanted to mention uh, because one of the things I don't think we talk about enough on the show is pairings, cigars and spirits because it can uh, be I'm a tricky thing. It can be a tricky thing, like I said. Uh, but last night uh, while. Uh, um, enjoying a, a cigar i poured myself i was smoking um an aj fernandez san latano churchill maduro nice and you were in it for the long haul last yes night. i was and i poured myself a little bit of the uh clan denny single malt whiskey that i bought for our uh little excursion down to manning's place mm-hmm. uh man those two went together so well just and, and I thought I got to remember to mention this on the show because not not everything. Most of the time, if you've got a nice whiskey and a good cigar, they're going to go together on at least some level. But these just really, as uh, Ian likes to say, they formed like Voltron. Yeah, and, you got to love know, that. And it was just one of those special uh, moments. So highly recommended as a pairing if you want to get to that. Meanwhile, I was uh, you know kind of sniffing the nose on this one. 
and malt, malt, malt is what I'm getting. Yeah, and I'm trying to find some information about this thing. I got this bottle from a friend a long time ago. Is this a regular release even? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, this is an old bottle. And uh, weird. Check this out. Oh, oh, it's a screw top cap on Glenfiddich. I, I'm so surprised. Usually it's the removable cork. And it, the, the internet is all over the place on this. Someone who's faster and better at this than I am. But this very bottle is pictured here for $454. Wow. And then right next to it is pictured here for like $49. Uh, maybe one of them just got an extra zero. <laughs> wow. But this was given to me uh, by a friend of mine. He bought it um, years and years ago. And uh, so this bottle's pretty old. I don't know if there's a date on it at all, but this bottle's real old. And, uh, and it had the neck cleared out of it and a mm -hmm. little bit of the top. And there's no telling how long he had it. I mean, he probably had it for 10, 15 years before I got wow. it. Wow. So this may not even be something they make anymore, perhaps. Um. But, yeah, the Internet's kind of all over about it. I was trying to figure out what the deal. There's no prices for USA, and it's hard to find here and there. But, yeah, and the pricing is kind of all over the place. But I don't really know what the story is, so we need to get Dave mm -hmm. to tell us what's going on. We need Glenfiddich Dave to uh, call in on this. I'm going to send him a picture of this and be like, uh, yeah, what's up with this? Yeah, what's up with this? So, so Ian, what's your take on the uh, the taste on this? First of all, it's, it's a... Uh, so it's, it's not this is, subtle. This is <laughs> well, that's a that's a nice way to put it. This is the Glenfiddich Distillery uh, Special Reserve Pure Malt Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, uh, product of Scotland, distilled and blah blah blah. You know all that stuff. Pure Malt Scotch Whiskey is produced by the fifth generation of an independent family company. It's bottled at forty three percent. So it's a little bit bigger than most. This is a 750 mil bottle. This is a this is a bizarre bottle shape too. This is their yeah. weird triangle uh, bottle shape. Okay, that's and a Glenfiddich thing, isn't it? What's weird? Yes. What's weird about this is next to this on my shelf, I have a bottle of the 12 year old, and it's the combat bottle, but it doesn't look. I mean, it looks very very marginally larger than this, like hmm, almost not. And it's crazy. Something about the shape of the bottle. It's just hard to tell how much is going on with it. There's not a whole lot of uh, information other than that. Uh, Glenfiddich, which in Gaelic means Valley of the Deer, lies in the heart of Scotland Distilling District. Uh, Glenfiddich has a single malt. Glenfiddich is a single malt whiskey distilled uh, and matured to perfection in Speyside since uh, 1887. Really just don't have a whole lot going on. They got the, the stag on there. They got... Um, a screw top, which is just weird. You know, I need to uh, to replenish my Glenfiddich. The Glenfiddich that is matured in IPA casks. Oh yeah, yeah. That is a wonderful whiskey, and I am I am completely out. So to... tell me what you think of this. I'm interested because I've had quite a bit well, of this before. I think it is it's huge up front. It just like assaults your taste buds and your senses, and um, I don't dislike that. But it is not an uh, what you might call an easy sip in whiskey. I mean, it's it's it's, it's punchy to be dealt with. Yeah, right? it's punchy. Yeah, it's a little bit big. It's got a little bit of um, a little bit of a, a bitterness to the uh, mm -hmm. to the malty thing, and then it finishes with like minerality, like sugar, and mineral. Mm -hmm. It's like tons of sugar yeah. and mineral on the finish. It also has a little bit of a smokiness going on in it. Yes, it does. It's not quite like a peat smokiness, but there's some 
there's some smoky undertones to uh, the finish. I, I feel like it it finishes out with the minerality that let you know it's a scotch. You know what I mean? Because it, it feels like scotch whiskey always has a little more of that minerality to it than turbinado sugar. That's yeah. the sugar. I'm oh tasting. yeah, yep. Yeah. I, I definitely get that. I, I like it, but it packs a punch. I mean, this is not a uh, this is not a subtle. How are you whiskey. feeling about this? Well, you're not it, a Scotch person. I know. At I all. was be honest. I'm I'm a little nervous at this segment of the show because like I don't want everybody to know like you know like I when I put this you way didn't like spit Jim it Bean, out at me. exactly like if it was a Jim Bean or any of that or uh, Jay, I mean I'm gonna <laughs> smell it and I'm gonna like I have this instant like pass, pass. <laughs> yes. and I don't really drink much whiskey. I don't right. know much about whiskey, but just sipping it, I'm like, this is smooth. I can feel a little burn, but I don't feel that all of a sudden I'm like, oh. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. The clench of the throat. They're all like, oh. I'll be honest with you. This is not my favorite uh, Glenfiddich. Um, it's interesting, Glenfiddich. It sure is interesting. And it's, I don't know how much the, the spirit has suffered just for how old it is and having been opened. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell because there's going to be some uh, right some evaporation to it, you know, and that kind of stuff. Um well, but it's interesting, and it does leave a definite heat in the back of your no throat. Question. You know you're drinking a whiskey. It's one of those that I'm really, really glad I got to taste. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if it might not be what I would buy and drink all the time. Now, here's yeah. my question to y'all on this, because you're talking about pairing cigars with the whiskey. This makes me think of, uh, um, like like the old days of gentlemen, like, I'm going to have a cigar and brandy. Mm-hmm. Like, So what mm-hmm. would you pair with this? And you solve the world problems over this kind of stuff. It, it would need to be big. I yeah. think uh, to to be able to deal with uh, with this. This is whiskey. one that I sniff when I'm doing my whiskey sniff, and uh, it, it it I pass by it most of the time, um, uh, just because I have some I think things that are better offered. But I think now that we've talked about it, maybe I'll see if I can find something that fits with it. But it's going to have to be something. I would that's, almost think like a diesel or yeah, it's going to have to be something pretty something big. hefty. You know, I just maybe put a, a little drop. World. of Oh, okay, interesting. I've never tried it with a drop of water. I just put a little drop of water in it. What does it do? There's to kind it? of a buttery flavor that mm, interesting just popped up. That's interesting because I wouldn't have said buttery at all uh, undiluted. To put it on your nose, you'll smell it immediately. Like it just comes up with a kind of a buttery. Oh, totally, it's totally yeah, almost like a buttered toast. Yeah, like very very different from the way it smelled mm-hmm. with no water, and that was just the smallest spa- splash of water. Yeah. Very interesting. Actually, so a splash of water does this much favors. Okay, good. Interesting. Good. Very interesting. Yeah, I didn't. I, did I, I didn't like really not like it by itself. It's certainly not my favorite in the Glenfiddich line. Uh, but that splash of water, I guess I hadn't tried that, and uh, that and does now, a lot of favors. Now you now may have a new appreciation. Yeah, maybe the bottle won't last any longer for the pure malt. <laughs> well, it's been around for a while, so uh, right. you know, it's lived a good life. Then I'm waiting for like me to drink the last bit of this. <laughs> what, what are you doing Glenn for Christmas? Fiddick, Dave calls me and goes, right. "No, that's the rarest of the right." right. Exactly, Ian. What, <laughs> Can you say something for me for Christmas? You know, for that one brother-in-law that you you, you, you actually do. Love. <laughs> actually, like all your brother-in-laws, but make sure to say. I, I know where I know where you're treading. I get it. I get it. Um, all right, so let's do the beer. We were, we were going to do another Michigan beer in this segment, and it'll be interesting to see how it follows that. Uh, Normally, that I don't let people tell me what to do. Uh, well, but but it is it, beer. Yeah, I was going to say if if the command is let's have a beer, <laughs> you know, let there be beer. You can, you can follow that. This you is the Kunan. I think that's how you spell it. So it's spelled K-U-H-N-H-E-N-N. So Kunan is what I'm going to call it. Okay. If I'm totally off on this, then, you know, you guys can. I, I was trying to look it up before we came over here, uh, and I hope I'm not butchering this, but 
I think it's German. It could mm-hmm. be because mm-hmm. there is uh, not too far uh, north of uh, Detroit is uh, Frankenmuth, like a huge German mm-hmm. Bavarian. Frankenmuth, like, that yeah, doesn't sound of, German at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think there's some tie into it, but Detroit is so interesting that there's pockets of Polish, Czech, like so many different uh, countries you known for making great beer. Right. So this is the Kunan uh, Drippa. D-R-I-P-A. So that's a double rice IPA. Yes. So interesting, double rice IPA. I, I've, I've not heard a lot of IPAs described as rice IPAs. So obviously that has to do with one of the ingredients of the of the beer. It's also an interesting, very golden. It's not... Uh, uh, it's it's not more brown or or auburn like some of the IPAs can be. This this actually pours almost like a blonde ale, uh, just in terms of the color. So very interesting. Yeah, very. A uh, little bit of a not light straw, but kind of a medium straw mm-hmm. color. Mm. It smells citrusy, big time. It is like all I can smell is citrus, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's wow, interesting when really I good. first uh, when I first popped it open, I smelled a little bit of a, a maltiness, but now I'm not. Ooh, baby, that's good. Mm. I could be sitting on a boat in the water drinking this. Totally, totally. This is good. I had no idea how much this would be good. Mm-hmm. Double rice IPA. This is wow. And the ABV on this nine and a half percent. So if you are drinking one, these nine are and a half. be wow. careful. Yeah, so that's almost what you would so call this an imperial has, or a triple. This has an incredibly nice sweetness to mm-hmm. it that you it don't get in IPAs generally. It's a very different kind of sweetness. It brings me back to, remember a few months back, we had a rice beer on the show? Yes. And it was terrible. It was not good at all. In fact, (laughs) I was was worried about this one for that very reason. I can't remember who it was from, but it was from a company that always makes beer that we love. Uh Uh-huh. But uh, but it was terrible. So when when he brought up the double rice IPA, I I had no idea what to expect. I kind of had that in my head. But this, it doesn't have that malt profile. Um like you'd expect in a big IPA. It actually has a, th- a thinner kind of beginning to the palate. Right. And then has this very sweet thing going on along with that very like double IPA bitterness happening. When you get when you get a, a an IPA with the ABV as high as this one, I expect it to be a little rougher in front. Yeah, you know, it's to be a little to punchier punch you a little yeah, bit. Yeah. yeah. And this one this one really doesn't. It's it's not until the finish that you go, oh, yeah, that is a double. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's really delicious. I That's, that's like every sip I mean, tastes a little of, better than the last sip, too. If you think of something like more cowbell, for example, by uh, Buffalo Bayou. Yeah. I mean, it lets you know right away you are dealing with a high Yeah, you're, you're wrestling with IPA. that one a little bit right yes. from the beginning. Yes, and this one kind of sneaks up on you a little bit. Mm, this is good. Really is. I just want to go again. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, I mean, he's the man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mark. Very cool. I mean, I'm, we're staying at his house. He's pulling me like, here, try this one. He's pouring me some whiskey here. You trying this beer? Try this one. I mean, yeah, you two are. Re- you could tell those two are related for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make Runs some time to get together with him. Runs in a family. All right, we're going to take another break. We will be back. Uh, drinking news is uh, coming up. Plus, we're going to try. We have one more beer, right? You got one more beer. All right, we'll, and we know we're going to like that one. Yeah. Uh, what is this one? It's the uh, the the last beer is going to be the uh, dragon's milk, oh, but this is yes. the Solera, so it's dragon's milk, which we've had before, but this is the fooder aged uh, ale. Well, I'm looking looking forward to the fooder. <laughs> 
uh, it's it's going to be wonderful. I, I think. I have a feeling. It's a oddly small feeling bottle. I think it's just because all the other bottles were kind of bigger. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we'll get to that coming up. Let's uh, drink news right around the corner. You are checking out smoking and toasting. Love this IPA. I never can figure out the right noise to make it that third one. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. This is our long inhale. Uh, Maybe. Oh, yeah. Like maybe like a drag on a cigarette or a cigar, you know, just like a. (laughs) Especially those old movies where you light it up once, take one puff and throw it on the ground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and don't you love those uh, those movies where they light the cigarette or the cigar and it has that that burning that sound burning that sound right? yeah the the paper yeah yeah love that uh it's like it's like a good that that little song bumper that's very noirish right it's got that it's got that kind of a vibe to it uh it's got the guitar player's got great tone uh i've uh, i've i've heard that said yes i think it was by you i think you said that <laughs> i probably may have said that <laughs> ladies and gentlemen we are now to the point of the program that uh, we <laughs> we inevitably wind up at, uh, and it is the part of the show that, for some reason, I can't explain it, has become one of the most popular things about smoking and toasting. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for those stories that may or may not be about drinking, but are always best enjoyed if you've been drinking. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news, drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. (laughs) Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Never gets old. You didn't. You didn't even remember recording that, did you, Keegan? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's why I was laughing. I was like, I know that voice. <laughs> well, we've all been there, right? <clears throat> you're wandering around a fairgrounds area. You're in the woods. You're completely naked. Just you know, picking, this sounds like <laughs> the beginning of a Scooby Doo episode. <laughs> just, just just picking berries and you know, uh, staying on the lookout for small, cute. Furry woodland creatures. Can I say Zoics right here? Yeah. <laughs> oh, and you're brandishing a machete. Oh, okay. That just took a dark turn, didn't it? Right. See, we were at small woodland creatures, and now the machete. Oh, so it happens to everyone, right? And then you, and then you think to yourself, "Hey, I should get some clothes." There's a difference, by the way, between just carrying a machete and brandishing one. That's true. You, you do know. Brandishing is, yeah. Yeah, I mean, brandishing yeah. is. It's the act of the brandish. The, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you think to yourself, done. you know, uh, you know, I should probably get some clothes. And then you look out across the woods and you see another person, maybe a surveyor who's roughly the same size as you. And you think, oh, yeah, that, that ought to do. Oh, well, I mean, where else would you get clothes? Well, that's what predictably happened in Volusia County. Where a Florida man, buck naked, <laughs> threw a machete at another man and tried to rob him of his clothes last week. 
Yeah, deputies responded to uh, a, an area near the Volusia County Fairgrounds after a surveyor reported that a naked man approached him with a large machete-style knife. Now, let's, let's flip, flip the script here. Imagine you're the surveyor. You're out there doing your job. You look up, and here comes a naked man with a machete. <laughs> that's got to give you. That's got to give you some pause, right? What's the first thing you see? The machete or the waist down? Yeah, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. Uh, Depends the, on which one he's swinging in a wider arc. <laughs> the victim told deputies that the uh, suspect was picking palmetto berries in the woods, and then ran out of the bush brandishing the machete and demanding his clothes, wallet, and phone. <laughs> Surveyor said he began to uh, give the items over to the suspect when the naked man hurled the machete and a handful of berries at him. Uh, uh, deputy said that, but the handle of the machete hit the victim in the chest, and he was not armed. Was not armed. Uh, the berries also created no significant uh, damage. <laughs> oh, so let's unpackage a few things here. Yeah. So. You are in need of clothes, mm -hmm. and you've already got but you sustenance. Have, but you have a machete. So you've got one of these basic things that you need to survive. You've got mm -hmm. sustenance, right? Mm -hmm. You also have a weapon to not only protect yourself, but to brandish at brandish at other people. Yeah. So as you can procure the other necessities. So one of the other necessities is clothes. So this guy had sustenance. And was procuring clothes. Right. And then he disarmed himself. By throwing the machete. And the berries. And. He not only disarmed himself, he lost himself, his sustenance. Like, he's losing right now. He doesn't know how this works. The suspect then fled uh, into a wooded area and then took off in a white Dodge Challenger, according to the sheriff's <laughs> office. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, here at Drinking News, <clears throat> we always like to recognize when law enforcement does a good job. The negative stuff gets you know plenty of press, plenty of attention. But in this case, we'd like to highlight the fact that a clever responding deputy realized the circumstances and suspect description were actually similar to another incident in August of 2021 involving a man named Brandon Wright who was found running naked in the same area, according to authorities. So deputies soon received another report of a naked man, this time outside a gas station in DeLand. The sheriff's office released aerial video showing a police helicopter spotting the naked man who authorities identified as, you guessed it, Brandon Wright. The suspect is seen laying down on his stomach in the parking lot as officers took him into custody without incident. The 34-year-old Brandon Wright has been charged with attempted robbery with a deadly weapon because he was trying to steal clothes, had the machete, attempted uh, aggravated battery with a deadly weapon because he threw it at him, and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, I guess also because he it at him. He's being held at the uh, Volusia County Branch Jail uh, without bond. His prior convictions dated back to 2009 and include possession of cocaine. Possession no, of, no, 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 I wouldn't guess that. Pos drugs. Possession of a firearm slash ammunition by a convicted felon, battery on a law enforcement officer, resisting an officer without violence, and kidnapping and false imprisonment. This story, of course, continues to beg the question. What? 
why are so many of these people who wind up in a drinking news Florida man story naked? What is this? Because clothes can't hold me down, man. Why would anyone? Clothes restrict all the movement. Why would anyone go out into the woods naked? I mean, Florida. I mean, I, there's a lot of mosquitoes. Florida I'm just is a say, veritable <laughs> petri dish of mosquito breeding. That's, I mean, that's no bueno. You yeah. can be completely clothed in Florida and be eaten alive by mosquitoes, but at least it's a little less likely that you'll be bitten on your private parts. So yeah, there's that. No. And if you've ever had a mosquito bite on your genitalia, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It is not a pleasant experience, and people are going to wonder about you if you're, you know, constantly scratching around down there. Uh, bottom, you know, line. as a man, you 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 get to understand the pinch and roll yeah, really yeah. intimately. Bottom line. Put some freaking clothes on. And if you're going to attack someone with a machete, you know, maybe learn how to use it so you don't wind up hitting the guy with a handle in the chest. Sort of defeats the purpose. I mean, I it, maybe it yeah. was a perfectly balanced throwing machete. Perhaps it was. <laughs> Perhaps it was. And one more thing. Palmetto berries suck, okay? <laughs> it's wait, wait. not... It's not the tastiest of the berries, is all I'm saying, right? If you're going to strip down to your birthday suit and bring along a machete... Bring least, chocolate. Yeah, find some better berries, something. That's, that, that's all I'm saying. Uh, reporting live from Florida, where I just swatted a mosquito away from my nutsack. My name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. You ever seen that show Naked and Afraid? No, I've heard of it, but I've never actually watched it. They actually talk about that, you know, when they drop them off in the jungle and their private parts are messed up for a while, male or female. I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Like, yeah. Well, Florida is the jungle when it comes to mosquitoes. Yes. I mean, you might as well be. Like, it's a, like I I said, it's a petri dish. I just got to say, all those. All those uh, reality shows, Naked and Afraid, Survivor Man, all that other stuff. Alone. There's no way. I almost starved to death. Mm -hmm. Except for craft services was right there behind the camera. (laughs) That's true. Like, well, the cameraman had to be there, so somebody's not dying. Right. Somebody's somebody's (laughs) eating. I mean, somebody's eating around here. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure they're going to let you starve on set. If they wouldn't give you any, imagine how painful that would be watching your cameraman eating a ham sandwich <laughs> while you are literally starving to death that would suck no the, the people would be dying yeah that would suck I, uh, those, like there would be violence I, I, the only one of those shows i'll watch is ice road truckers oh that was so good that's just cool yeah I, I don't know you see them driving on that and they get the camera and they see the water underneath the ice mm-hmm. and you're like oh, it's oh. Like, yeah, <sighs> these guys are nuts they're nuts i mean uh, you hear there's a shortage of just truckers in general right uh-huh. now there's got to be only like two or three people that'll do the ice road. Well, you know, time. there's like you have to drive onto the ice in a very special way, slow mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. easy. And stuff. I saw it in the Liam Neeson movie. <laughs> yeah. So you know it's true. There is a Liam Neeson movie where he's an ice road trucker. Oh, uh, yeah. Noted. A, a man with a particular set of skills. He is back. <laughs> That's right. <It's> a very <laughs> and they involve driving. <laughs> very specific on ice. Set of skills. <laughs> uh, man. Well. Uh, I think it's what time for us to us? break into our last beer. What do you say? Uh, it's right over here. And it is the Dragon's Milk Solera. I'm excited about this. But then again, I'm excited about most beers. Uh, there's that. Yeah. I'm going to use this here. Uh, You're smoking and toasting. Uh, smoking and toasting. Uh, Very nice. 
And just for a fun fact, Michigan can have its fair share of giant mosquitoes and crazy people going across ice, like when they get the lakes up there. So, so at least the mosquitoes, though, all die in the winter. See, yeah. what happens here in our hometown of Houston is some winters it doesn't freeze. And when it doesn't, man, the mosquitoes are really bad the next year. This will be my last personal use of this. Oh, you were donating it to the cause. Oh. Very nice. Very nice to our guests. Wow. Uh, so uh, you, it's it's kind of like taking home the home version of the game. It's sort of, sort of what it's like. You know? <laughs> That's right. Remember when they used to do that on like Jeopardy? <laughs> You'll be taking home the home version of Jeopardy. Like that would be the, any fun. Nobody. Like, Wait, yeah. what happens if I make the negative 500? You'll be just going away with nothing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's what your mother said last <laughs> night, Trebek. <laughs> hey, leave the mothers out of it. <laughs> the right. penis mania. Uh, I was just watching one of those uh, Celebrity Jeopardy clips uh, just recently. That may be that may be one of the funniest Saturday Night Live clips ever. Oh, especially when yeah. Trebek comes out himself. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's just great stuff. That, the sweaty balls. Yeah. Uh, balls. That, that's like one of the greatest of all time. Uh, oh, yeah. and then speaking like um John Goodman, when he comes on, and he's like, what's your three uh, things? And he's like, bread, meat, barbecue sauce. <laughs> Can you say that uh, slower for our listeners one more time? <laughs> I, I tell you what, I love John Goodman. I think he is such an exceptional actor. Greatly underrated. And, you know, when you, and, when you and watch oh him brother, in... brother, where art thou? Yeah, when you watch him in any of those Coen Brothers movies, he's just spectacular. <laughs> just spectacular. In Lebowski, he's great. Yeah. Like, he's just uh, just fantastic. All right, so what are we trying here? This is New Holland. Yep. This is Dragon's Milk. This okay. is uh, aged in fooder casks. Mm -hmm. And for those of us who aren't uh, all that bright, what are fooder casks? Casts that held fooder? Put your fooder in. Yeah, okay, gotcha. <laughs> Aged in a series of American oak fooders. Fooders is a style of cask, by the mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. um, using a uh, blending technique known as Solera, nuanced flavors of caramel, toffee, and fig. And so I get all that. Solera is, has to do with the sun, right? I would assume so. Okay. Um. Uh, let's see. Uh, create an experience made to be savored. The legendary ale. This legendary ale will continue to evolve with each pull from the fooders, becoming more complex over time. Yeah, I get that. Dragon's Milk is such a s outstanding beer. Anyway, the first time I tried it, I was in Michigan, and um, we were, I was going to uh, one of my niece's weddings, and we stopped by a store that had you know some some local beers so of course mm -hmm. i filled up my cart with bells and a few other things and my wife found dragon's milk and decided we had to have that i was like yeah put it in there mm -hmm. and i've been a fan of it ever since and now you can get it locally around here really easily but you can't get all of the you can get the special some, ones, yeah, but you yeah. can't get all of the special releases and this mm -hmm. is one i've never seen around yeah, this here. is quite good this is almost almost barley wine-ish in its uh date and, yeah. and fig vibe it's not a very yeah. dark color it no. actually is a more barley wine color you were about to say no i was looking up at the website because i was even curious and dragon like they hit they have like five different kinds i thought like this is just a one and only spinoff right, right now right. it's like it's like their whole identity as a brewery is around dragon's milk and in like different flavors or profiles of it so i thought so that was really cool our uh and i haven't seen this one but our guest uh next week that will be on Actually, I think has one or two of the different ones in the fridge. Really? 
that I may be able to talk him into. <laughs> into bringing with? Bringing with, yes. <laughs> I love when we talk other people out of their really cool beers. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a show beer. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But, you know, it's one of the things that's always interesting to me is when I'm setting aside beers to bring in for the show, I'm like, Oh, yeah, but I kind of wanted to drink that one. You're like, one yeah. for the show, yeah, two right, for exactly. me. Exactly. <laughs> I have to get uh, my, my mistake, see, is that, Man, I, that is good. I go yeah. and do a lot of those mixed uh, six packs. What I should start doing is get two of each. Yes. So that I, I don't have to make that uh, difficult decision about do I drink this or save it for the show. Well, yeah. we were talking last night because, you know, having these, I'm like, do you want to try one of these last night? He's like, no, I want to be surprised, come in and not even. You know, do the well, profile. They've all been really good. I really, you know, and really I, unique from each I other. I try to keep my reactions on the show as pure as possible. Like, I really actually don't look. I, lo I look over the show notes to make sure there's not anything that I need, but I really don't dig into the articles or anything like that because I like to have the reaction. To be able to, sure, yeah. to respond naturally, of course. And it's yeah. fun that way because, you know, you guys get to see me go, what? Or sometimes not react at all, which, you know, is also fun, <laughs> at least as far as I'm concerned. But, um, <laughs> But I think, no, it's entertaining to actually have the, the actual reactions. Well, uh, my reaction to this particular beer is that I I really, really like this. And, and again, I I skew towards, you know, IPAs and, and beers of that type. So when I go in this direction, I want something I, that I really, really love, that really, really grabs me. And this does. This, this is... to me is... is one of the better examples of this style. It's like here. a candy bar, though. It's like it's like a Milky Way almost. Mm -hmm. It's like nougat and chocolate and and uh, caramel. Mm. Yeah, even for a darker beer, you can still want to drink this in the summertime on a boat. Yeah, yeah, a little Butterfinger vibe going on there. This I like is pretty it. Pretty darn good. I, it really, really, really is. Well, this has been fascinating um, going through some of these Michigan beers, and I'm so glad that you brought these down and uh, gave us. I don't know that we would have had an opportunity. Uh, to have a great turtle brewing uh, beer, if you hadn't brought these down, because right. this is not only something that we don't have here, but they don't even have it in all of Michigan. No, you only, I literally yeah. have to go to the island to get it. Yeah, it's that's pretty darn cool. So if you are visiting Mackinac Island, this should be a destination. For Absolutely, you. both of those beers were outstanding. Yeah, they really, they really, really were. The, the, and there's a little more of this one, which I'm excited about. Uh, so, uh, uh, and and then yeah, that. Uh, the the Kunan. Kunan, yes, thank you. That was just absolutely Beers with distinct personalities, it says. Double Rice India Pale Ale made with American Long Grain Rice and Pilsner Malt. This ale is golden color and has an aggressive dry hop aroma. Lots of hops on the finish. Mm -hmm. It was good. This is yeah, this really, was, really good. This was the in fact they've all been just really, really yeah, good. Yeah, this today. was the surprise though, because a double rice mm -hmm. in the impale yeah. ale, I had no idea. And when and I heard delicious. rice, I was uh, my expectations were lowered. Yeah, quite, agreed. quite frankly. Agreed. Por favor. Do you have any more in there? Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. Well, he pours that. We will take a break. We'll be back to uh, wrap up the show and uh, and thank everyone. But uh, thank you for being a part of smoking and toasting today. We will return shortly. Thank you. 
Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting, our program all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. And we mm, are uh, good. thrilled to be uh, making it all the way through show number 294. Our uh, special guest, Michael Curtis, has been uh, – uh, it, it's been fun being on the show with you, but uh, I just got to say these beers you brought were all just really outstanding. Oh, it was a them. team effort all the way. Yeah. I mean, your cousin Mark uh, going around – um, I think part of it for me, thinking back, and this is kind of some of the shout outs, when I moved to from Michigan to Texas, mm-hmm. and plug your ears, I'll, I'm sorry, but <laughs> my family is a Bud Light family. Grew oh, up with it, a, it, it you happens. know. It happens, I get it, yeah. And when I came down here, breweries were popping up. Uh, my two closest friends, Wes and Schaefer, they got me on my comfort uh, zone, and it was mm-hmm. hard to pull away from that. And then you sit in these craft beers, but then you start to find out, it's a destination spot. You, whenever I'm traveling and I'm on the road, and, yeah. I want to look okay. on the map. Where's the nearest brewery? Because mm-hmm. I want to see what, like like the Mackinac Fudge, what kind of profile of that area are right, they going to put right. into the spirit? Absolutely, that, right. That makes it different from what you can get anywhere else. Exactly. Yeah. And then it 100%. feels unique. And it, actually, sometimes, I don't know if my brain is already thinking that way. It could be something really terrible, but you're like, but it was the coolest place I visited. And you're like, right. <laughs> well, I, I will say that, that when you come from a Bud Light family uh, or you, you, you're you looking and interested in breaking out of that comfort zone, there's, there's, there's a lot of things that, that can help you along that path. For me, Shiner Bach was the gateway beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shiner Bach was the first beer that I drank that I thought, you know, this is kind of better than the Miller Lights that I've been drinking. This has got, it's got more flavor to it and it's not, and Shiner Bach, which I still enjoy to this day, but it's not this really, you know, complex, uh, really. Uh, 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 I'm looking for the right Shiner word. Shinerbach. It, it's just this very straightforward dark ale. Is the not fast food hamburger mm-hmm. of craft beer? Yeah. It's like when you go well to a place said. that's not fast food and you get a real good hamburger. Mm-hmm. That hamburger will change your world because if that's the first like. Not fast food hamburger. I mean, you're bringing back, remember, the first week I was here, that was the first different beer I tried was a Shiner Bach. Right. Yeah. And even more interesting, we went to Pluckers, and you know how they had the Mother Pluckers tall mm-hmm. beer? Yeah. Yep. I'm like so new, I'm thinking, I thought that was a type of beer. So I go up to the bartender, I'm like, I'll have three Mother Pluckers. He's like, what do you want in it? I'm like, well, a Mother Plucker. Because I, like, I didn't know it was like just the size of the glass. Right, right. Pluckers started off in uh, Austin, and, and, and yeah, now they're the actually wing, in Houston, they're, too. They're, yeah, they're all over the they're place. They're good wings. Yeah, 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 very. They um, do have good wings. But, you know... Uh, for me, it was Scheinerbach, and then I moved to Scheinerbach, and then I had just started to get into St. Arnold Amber. And then I moved away from Houston. This was in the 90s. Moved away from Houston, wound up in Boston, Massachusetts, where I got a chance to try Harpoon IPA. And it was ubiquitous there. Like, if you're in Texas, Scheinerbach, you know how? Everywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. everywhere. It's the one beer you know that's good at even places that don't have a good beer list, yep. right? Yeah. And uh, and that's the way Harpoon IPA was when I was in Boston. It was everywhere. And I remember just learning to love that beer mm-hmm. and how much flavor was in it. And then after that, everything else opened up. Like I started trying yeah, everything. ESBs and stouts and porters and, and other kinds of things. Although I will admit, I really didn't try barley wines until I started doing this show with you. <laughs> I love barley so, And, and yeah. I got to give one more shout out to my uncle JT, who was Absolutely. a brewmaster in New Hampshire. I believe it was Loon's Brewery or something mm-hmm. to that one. Mm-hmm. He was a brewmaster at, 
And he's a cigar guy, so he's the one ah, that got me nice. into cigars. I really then, enjoyed hanging out with him at the wedding. I uh, bet, yeah. Him yeah. and my and, sister and, got married. In fact, a new thing, I stopped at College Station and gave him each one of the beers. So he's going to be testing along. So this might be a oh, first of listening nice. and drinking at the same time. You I know, thought that's going to be pretty cool. We always encourage you to drink when you listen. do listen to the show for several reasons. The first is because it makes us sound a lot better. <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, sound, we'll make a lot more sense to We you. make a lot more sense, especially by the time we get to drinking news. <laughs> You know, uh, like I said, it, it, it's stories that are always best enjoyed when you've been uh, drinking. Uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, big happy birthday uh, to Adam, uh, who is uh, celebrating his birthday today. Happy birthday, Adam. Happy birthday, Adam. Thanks we miss to, you. Uh, thanks to Keegan, who is making the show so much better. And, and, and the stuff he's doing behind the scenes is uh, awesome and incredible. And uh, thank you, Keegan. It's wildly appreciated. Uh, I, all I do is sit here and drink and talk. That's it. Uh, and occasionally smoke when we have a, uh, a show where we can you know, be on location and smoke. So we'll look forward to that in the future. One more thing. We are not going to celebrate and make a big deal out of our 300th episode. We're going for 333. That's going to be 333 is going to be the number. That's going to be our big celebration. We're very excited about it. That's when we're going to invite everybody to come back on who's been on the show. Uh, all guests will be welcome, and including and the, Bruce, in, 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 including the guy with the leaf. We bar. expect you. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, 333. Is that? Are we halfway there? Uh, we are. We are now yeah, halfway officially to halfway to three hundred. Okay, I just want to make. I just want to check thank my you, counting. Thank math. you for asking. I'm glad you are on top of that. And yes, Bruce, our our number one like super fan, I think of smoking and toasting. Bruce, you are invited. If you can find a way to get uh, down here for show three thirty three, you will be the guest of honor of three three three. I say ride the back of with the turtle on with the bike. It'll oh, be yeah, good to go. Yeah, and Bruce, yeah, bring some beers with you because there's some good stuff there's going gonna on be, up there. I think there's going to be a few uh, longtime listeners that I'm going to personally invite. On, I think that so. I think that should be it. it the, should, that goes for you, Josh. That goes totally for you, Ricky Brian. Way. Yeah, it would be good for Josh to be invited because it would be great for him to actually see the show. <laughs> you know, because I know That's that right. he, he, you know, he's. Uh, I we, keep threatening to bring him on as a guest. Yeah, yeah. well, this will be a good time to do it. I think. <laughs> uh, thank you guys for uh, being a part of smoking and toasting. We do appreciate it. Uh, after all, uh, you know, only four percent of podcasts in the world are still around and did an episode last week. That's amazing. So, uh, so we thank you for helping us to have done an episode do last have, week, and, uh, uh, and off we do go. Do you have any uh, uh, connections you want to shout out? Oh no, I got them all there. Loved it. And lastly, Dad, if you have Bud Light, I will drink one with you because you got to do one with the old man. Absolutely. You do it with the old yeah. man. No, no, that's like, the time when you do it. Right, that's the time when you do it. That and when you're at the game and you can't find a stand with better beer you're gonna drink a bud light yeah, yeah you're yeah, gonna absolutely. like the first quarter of it while it's still cold i was gonna say let's hope it's really really <laughs> cold have a great week my friends we are uh, looking forward to uh seeing you back for 295 next week and uh i was able to get just a little bit to pour so cheers 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 y'all <laughs>